0: Thanks, Jesse. Um, hi, everyone. I'm Mimi, compulsive overeater, bulimic. Hi, Mimi. Um, man. um So, um, thank you, Jesse, for asking me to speak at this meeting. Um, this is one of the meetings where I used to come and still do to um, hear a lot of long-term recovery. And so I'm grateful to be able to speak here. Um, Next week will be 11 years of abstinence for me, which which is a a miracle. Um, I spent more than, well, maybe not now. I used to be able to say that I spent half my life uh, with this disease. So I binged and purged for 22 years. I purged five or six times a day. And, you know, everyone has their different experience with purging. And for me, each binge was, like, amazing. Like, I would try to stretch it out, and then I purged. So we're talking, like, hours. So, like, there was no time in the rest of my day to do anything else. I was just consumed with eating and getting rid of it and getting more. And then it was time to go to bed. And then I'd wake up with these nightmares of like, did I do it today? Which for most days it was yes. So um, I'll go through what it was like, what happened and what it's like now on um, the standards. So I tell people like, I don't remember like being a compulsive overeater as a kid. I just remember weird things with food and I don't blame any of my eating disorder on my parents, um, but food was weird in our house. Like it wasn't good. My mom did not make good food and we didn't get to eat good food. She was in healthcare and she thought like we had to eat wheat bread and no Kool-Aid and definitely no chips and so when I could go to my friend's house, it was great. I would eat whatever they had. Um, and we would, like, she used to drink diet soda, but we couldn't drink it. But, you know, like, eating was not something we would run to the kitchen for. It was not exciting. And um, and it was somewhat a punishment to eat. Like, the food was bad. It was, it was really bad. And... Um, and yeah and you had to eat all your food and like if you're hungry and she'd be like well go get an apple like who wants an apple i don't want an apple so like (laughs) it just it wasn't good it wasn't good like i ate a lot of spaghettios for breakfast and that was like really really delicious like i was really happy about stuff like that so um later my parents got divorced and i could go and eat with my dad And so we would go to the store and because he's a dad, we could fill the cart with like cupcakes and chips and whatever, and you know, he's just like, oh, my kids are eating, they're happy, it was great. So I could like eat, but I still don't think I overate, but like I got to eat what I wanted. So it was like fantasy time, it was great, but I still didn't like feel like I had to eat like all 12 cupcakes until I was ready to throw up. Like, So that's kind of what food was like. It wasn't that exciting. Um, And I didn't think about it. I wasn't obsessed with it. And then when I got in high school, I was an athlete. And then I looked fine. I was normal. I never really worried about my body. But I remember one time, my girlfriend and I were eating some um, fast food. And, um, and I wanted more. And I'm like, I'm full. And then I'm like, oh, you know that thing? Cause you, you know, when you're in school, you learn about the two eating disorders, right? Cause there's only two, there's the anorexics and there's the bulimics. And I remember hearing about that. I'm like, that's weird, but maybe this will work and I can eat more food. So um, I remember I tried to uh, throw up and it didn't work. I tried the fingers and all the all the things. So oh, I forget about this until I tell these when I have a long share and tell these stories but um, I in homes in for people that are a little bit older there's this stuff called serve of Ipecac that people would have in their homes when kids would overdose you give it to your kid and they'd vomit and everything was fine so I just thought okay well let me try this stuff so I read the label And I just, I was just stupid. I was in high school and I took this stuff and it's like, drink with a bunch of water. So I drank with a bunch of water. And then I started vomiting like violently. Like I remember leaning over the bathtub and like convulsing and like hitting the bathtub. I thought I was going to die because I wanted another big Mac. Okay. So I, um, I remember I called the poison line because I'm like, am I going to die? When is this going to stop? My dad was at work. And, um, and the poison line was like, well, who is this? Like, what did you, what did you take? And, you know, I just made up some lie but they eventually told me that you will vomit until there's nothing left in you. That's how it works. So I'm like, oh, okay. So then I drink more water. Finally, it was, it was done. But I mean, I created a huge mess with this. I felt worse than I've ever felt in my life. I couldn't eat anymore that night. And I swore I would never do it again until I did it again so that's just what this disease does it's like you feel worse than ever and then the next day it just wasn't so bad and so I have a disease of of forgetting luckily I come to these rooms and I don't forget this stuff so I tried it again, and then eventually, I, I don't think I tried it after that, but um, you can die if, uh, from taking this medication. It's a toxin. I don't think you can get any more. They started putting it behind the counter. It's probably gone now. Um, but um, but uh, if you would have told me that at the time, I just would have been like, I'm just going to try this once. I need another Big Mac. So I think that, you know, after that I I didn't really try it again until I got to college. And I finally got away and I got to eat whatever I wanted. Remember there would be like the cereal machine <laughs> and like um in the dorms and like the the yogurt machine, I would just go nuts on those things. And then you know, eventually, like everyone's like, oh, the freshman 15, I was not going to gain the freshman 15. Like I did, but I was determined not to. So when I started gaining weight, I tried to think about what I could do. And I was also a student athlete. And so we would hear a lot about eating disorders. And so I tried um, to make myself throw up. Um, And I might have tried it again in high school, but I don't think I was successful. I definitely wasn't doing it until I went to college. And then when I went to college, I figured it out. I still, after 22 years, wasn't good at it. Um, And uh, for those of you who aren't bulimic, you're gonna hear a lot about bulimia today. Um, And I think bulimics need to hear it too. Um, So I I would eat food and depending on how much I ate or, or how I felt about it, vomit. I tried laxatives, that happened once um, that was one that I was like, yeah, this isn't going to work for me. Um, and, um, and I remember I had a boyfriend that used to tell me sometimes he's like, what your neck smells like vomit. And I'm like, how embarrassing. Right. But that's just because I I mean, I don't know if it like went down my neck. I, I don't know, but I was like, oh, he's, you know, he's right. Um, and so my binging and purging during college got so bad. I had to take a leave during college and go back home because I'm not going to do it at home. So I'm at home and I didn't really tell anyone. They just, I had severe depression. So that's why I left college. Like I, It just was shameful to be like, well, I eat all this food and then I throw it up and then I get depressed and that's why I can't, my life is unmanageable. Like I didn't, I didn't really understand um, But I wanted to stop binging and purging, but I couldn't be in college and be in school and and do things while I was doing that. So um, when I was on my leave, which wasn't long, I tried to get treatment. I went to therapy. I went to, um, I tried to get into like inpatient treatment, but I was a normal weight um, and had even gained a little bit of weight because I wasn't like a really successful bulimic. Um, and then, uh, I wasn't able to get that. And I, I don't know what services there are now, but back then, like you had to be underweight by a lot. It was really hard to get insurance. And these programs are really expensive. So I did get into a day treatment. Well, before I did day treatment, I actually tried like a bunch of stuff, like some commercial programs, because if someone just tells me what to eat, right. If I have a diet, then I'm not going to binge and purge. Right. So no, that doesn't work. Um, But I tried everything like I was like, okay, let me try this program or this program or this diet, all that stuff. It's good. Um, All that stuff I would try and um, none of it works. I did do like a day treatment program and I've talked about it before, like, you know, they you know, give you a pat of butter and, you know, they give you a fat and then they give you a carb and there's your bread and you all eat together. And then i go home and i binge and purge. So that wasn't really helpful either. Um, I went back to college, I finished college um, and I, I did um, more education after that and worked. And I have no idea how I made it through any of my education and how I worked because I did this for a very long time. Um, I did this up until 2008. And um, I don't remember much of my life. So when I see friends or people who knew me back in high school or college, they'll be like, remember when this happened? Or remember when that happened or you used to do? And I'm like, no, I don't remember things. And I don't know if that's a result of my eating disorder. I don't think it's because I'm older. Um, There's something maybe, I don't know what it is, but I don't remember things. I do know that there's a lot of people that hate me or hated me. They probably don't think about me anymore. But I was the person who'd be like, yeah, I'll be at your party. I won't show up. I was the person that had boyfriends and I would just cheat on them. I didn't care. I mean, they have no idea what's going on in my life. Like I'm suffering. I have this eating disorder. Like I'm binging and purging. Like my life sucks. I want to die. So yeah, I didn't go to your party, but I can't tell you why I didn't go to your party, but you should just know that I'm super depressed and I'm living a life of hell. And like, I can't show up and you should feel bad for me. I was the biggest victim and I was a victim until I walked into these rooms. I thought that everything that happened to me was your fault, other people's fault. I had no responsibility. I mean, you just don't know what kind of family I grew up in, what kind of trauma I had, what kind of things happened to me. So I walked around feeling that way and I was just like, yeah, I can't get help and I can't get in a treatment center and it's just awful. And, you know, I did have a couple people close to me, like boyfriends who figured it out and they're like, I I know what you're doing. I'm like, okay, well, we're not gonna talk about it. So it became something that we don't talk about. And if you wanna talk about it, we're not gonna be together. Like I was just unwilling to talk to anyone about it. And family members uh, knew about it. A couple of them knew about it. And they ignored it or um, I think the best way to deal with me because I was very difficult to deal with was to feed me. So I had like some favorite foods and um, I have foods that are easy to purge and they would see what I would go buy. So I would get home from work and there would be these items because that made me easier to deal with. Give me my drug and then she'll be easy to deal with. And then we'd make plans to do something, but I'd spend the rest of the evening in the bathroom and act like I wasn't purging. Like I always would come out, bloodshot eyes, like shit coming out of my nose and, you know, been in there forever. The bathroom now smells like Comet, um, which is a cleaning product. (laughs) Um, Or Lysol or something like that. But I wasn't in there purging, you know, and like, you know, we're, we're, I would stay with my dad and my sister um uh after college, like there was one bathroom, so I'm up in there like vomiting um and people need to use the bathroom, and they know what I'm doing, so like they'd be irritated, but no one would say anything like I was super mean too, like if you said something to me, like it was just everyone was afraid of me so um i I lived alone um And I would continue to do it. And like I said, like, I don't remember much of my life, but I do remember that I wanted to die. I remember being suicidal. I remember um, going to bed at night and just being like, God, do not wake me up. Like uh, the anxiety of waking up in the morning and knowing if I was gonna do it, sometimes I would just do it. So I wouldn't have the anxiety of knowing that I was gonna do it. Um, Or just like, if I wanted to go to an event, go to a dinner, With someone all day long, I'd be thinking, I have to control my food, you know, and I, I think about that now sometimes, and I do go out with people, I really enjoy going out to eat. And I'll I'll talk about, you know, what my life is like now. But I have friends that are um, normies. And they'll, we'll go to brunch, and they're like, Oh, I'm so hungry. I haven't eaten all day. And I'm like, what? Like, I can't imagine that now, but that's what I would try to do so that I could go out to eat with friends. And then inevitably I wouldn't make it um, because I would binge and purge. And then I'd come up with something. And it was out. you know, I just come up with, I mean, the stories just got bigger every time. Um, and I was the type of person that, um, you know, I think, I think it's hard to understand that that food is like a drug. I, I would go to the grocery store and if I knew I was in a binge, I'd have to start eating in the grocery store. I, I couldn't wait. But that meant that in my car I'm gonna be eating and I just remember being dizzy and blurry and you know, from like all the sugar and stuff that I'm eating and just like, you know, barely breathing while I'm doing this. And I really at times is like feeling like I'm driving drunk. Um And I would, I mean, I I have had um, pints or quarts of ice cream that like, I don't have utensils, it doesn't matter. I will stick my fingers in there and just eat it, you know, however I need to, like, I just had no bounds. And um, I think, and I would vomit anywhere. I'd go to a mall, I'd vomit. I mean, other people's toilets, I've clogged other people's toilets, um, which is always, you know, interesting. Um, and the only place that I think I never did it was on an airplane. Um, I could always make it through the flight and just like, okay, you don't want to deal with that up here. Um, I'm trying to think of anything more, but I I usually can't remember everything, but you know, the story of what happened. Um, so I, um. Today, I'm grateful for, um, for the eating disorder because um, it's not the focus of this program, but the life that I had the, the, um, the things that happened in my family of origin, my eating disorder helped me to survive that stuff. So in hindsight, I'm like, it did something for me. And now I can deal with and manage with the help of my higher power, those things because I have a program, so I know how to deal with whatever may come up if I choose to. So, um, see, I talked about the binging and purging, um, just, like, really, really um, continent, really, um, really absorbed, and I'll just say, like, also, there were times where I, like, say I couldn't purge using my fingers, oh, my hands were all cut up. My knuckles were all cut up um, and it would be like my right hand. Um, and so I would buy these band-aids. I had special band-aids. I knew which band-aids, it's care actually, that I would put over my knuckles so that I, you know, cause my teeth would be on there. I would use forks. I would use toothbrushes. I would use anything else. Like when my hands were too cut up, which that would cut the back of my mouth like who does that? Um, I had a special fork and I like, if it was, if I couldn't find it, I was like, shit, where's my special fork? Because like, there's only like certain, um, certain things that would work for me. And I just have like all these methods down. And I'm just like, when I think about that, I'm like, wow. And the other day I was thinking about it and there's like a feeling you get, you can feel it, like come up your esophagus, like, like just like waves coming up. and the the rush I would get from that and then wait until I saw yellow bile to make sure it's all empty. Like the destruction of that is just like crazy. Um, and I didn't care. I no part of me was like, I wonder if later in life, that's going to cause some problems. I didn't care. Um, so, um, I, What it was like, I will just say was I was very unhappy. I was suicidal and I was obsessed with food, body, getting rid of it. And the the hardest thing was not so much that I wanted to ever lose weight. It was, I just didn't know how to eat three meals a day and do nothing in between, or even eat three meals and snacks. I did not know how to eat one cupcake and be okay with it. I had to eat all 12 and get rid of them. So I just, my life was, was, um, was not, I, I wasn't living life. Um, and what happened was in 2008. So it was before I came to overeaters anonymous. Um, I, I, um, I had an, in- <laughs> I had an incident where um I, one of the things I liked to eat and um, and purge was was cakes, and I used to go to the store and get these little like um, little slices of the cake and eat them. And um, I would get different kinds, and I used to always ask the the woman there um, like, "Oh, can I have a sample, just so I know what that tastes like?" And then she'd be like, "You come here all the time," <laughs> and I was like, I remember getting really mad at her, like, "How dare her!" Like. I want a sample. I'm a good, good customer. Um, so it's always for my kid that's in the car, too. I would do that a lot. Like places I would go, I'd be like, can I just get one more? Because my kid's in the car. Like, who leaves their kid in the car? So, anyways, um, I remember this one day that I went and got, it was January 2nd or 3rd of 2008, and I went and got a sheet cake. So for those that don't know what a sheet cake is, it is a very large cake for a party. And, um, you know, it's the end of the new year. So like I need to get a cake. So I went in, I got a cake. I'm pretty sure I asked them to decorate it. with some extra flowers and a little writing. And that was going to be my evening. And I couldn't wait. So I cut cut the cake and I start eating the cake and enjoying myself. And then... um, I got this thought in my head. I was like, wow, what if I couldn't throw this up? And it's the power of the mind, I think in hindsight. And then I was like, no, that would never happen. So kept eating it. And then all of a sudden I was like, all right, well, I'm getting a little nervous about it. I've got quite a bit in there. Let me go throw up. So I went to the bathroom and, um, and I tried to throw up and I'm like trying and I see a dog here now and it's like, same thing, like a dog when they throw up, they're like, mm-hmm. and I, you know, I'm doing that, right? And then, <laughs> um, but nothing's coming out. And I'm like, okay, so I get the fork, you know, and I get all the utensils that I use and like, nothing's coming up, but as all good bulimics know, If you have a little bit more extra liquid that will help. So I remember going to get some bubbly water and, um, cause that, you know, you burp and I'm like, okay, well that'll help. <laughs> so I got some bubbly water and like, there's, I'm like carrying a sheet cake and then I put the bubbly water on top of the sheet cake. And then I'm like, for sure, this is going to work. So I'm like trying to vomit. I can't vomit, but you guys, I couldn't burp. I don't know if you know that feeling that you can't burp, but I feel like I'm going to die when I feel like I can't burp. I don't know why, but I'm like, Okay. Now I can't burp. And like, there's no room. So I remember like my neck feeling like I couldn't breathe. And I'm just like, Oh my God, I'm going to die. I feel like dizzy. I'm like, I got to get this out. So I kept trying, I kept trying, I kept trying. And then I was like, this is, uh, do I call 911? Like, I really didn't know what to do. Um, because I was like, this is the worst freaking nightmare ever. Like I've got a whole freaking cake in me that I need to get rid of for outside reasons besides that I feel full, but like, I, I mean, I didn't want to handle a sheet cake. And then on top of that, like, I'm actually really full and like, I can't burp. So I didn't know what to do. Um, so I called my landlord and um, he, we were friendly. Like he was a nice guy, but like, I didn't know what else to do. So I called him, it's like nine at night. Like, it's not like, anyways. um. And he lived not in the building and uh, I knew him and his wife and I'm like, I'm having an emergency. And he's like, what is that? I'm like, you just got to come here. And so he came over and he came in and he's the older guy and he's like, well, what's wrong? And I'm like, I, um, I ate this, the sheet cake. And, um, <laughs> I don't really remember his response, but I, I was like, do we call 911? And, um, <laughs> I really thought like I really really thought and I don't know if anyone's ever had a panic attack clearly in hindsight I was having a panic attack but you you think you're gonna die so but like I had good reason too like I you know that full feeling where you're like well I might just walk it up like I was full and I could hear it like sloshing in there and it was I knew that like my body had probably done something well I didn't know then but now I'm like my body had done something so I couldn't vomit so I knew it wasn't gonna happen I tried for a long time. So um, we didn't call 911 um, and I waited. And I had to wait out eating a fricking sheet cake. So while I'm waiting this out, I'm like, God, please just make this feeling go away. Please, you know the the talks we have with God. I promise that if I stop binging and purging, I'll be happy. I promise if I get this boyfriend, then I'll be happy. I was like, I promise if I can get through this night without this panic, then, you know, I won't binge and purge anymore, you know, but I made it. I like didn't die. And, um, and the next day, you know, of course I'm thinking about like, how am I going to die? How many days do I have to diet? <laughs> because I ate a sheet cake. Um, and I, I don't, I don't remember what I did, but I haven't purged since then. So I, I say that to say like, okay, so I wasn't purging anymore, game over, why do I need overeaters anonymous? Um, So after that happened, I was really afraid to eat to the point where I couldn't breathe anymore. Like I was perfectly willing as a bulimic to eat till I can't breathe because I'm going to go get rid of it and then I'll eat more and then I'll get rid of it. So I became unwilling to eat until I can't breathe. Um, But I would still have binges and then I Found myself doing weird things with food, like because I had only binged, I didn't know how to eat regular food or regular meals. Um gosh, I talked about this for so long. Um, I didn't know how to eat regular food or regular meals. So now I have to eat like food and not not purge. And so I didn't eat like normal adult food and normal adult meals. Like I had a few things that I liked, and I would just eat kind of like snack foods and know kind of binge on foods and i was still i i still didn't like life i still wasn't enjoying life i would be upset with myself for things that i ate and my life was still unmanageable i was the same person i was the same person behaving the same way but i just couldn't purge so um i again tried all those programs and everything and one day i found online overeaters anonymous and i remember going to a meeting in culver city at seven o'clock pm on sunday evening And I remember it not in hindsight, not being a super strong meeting, but I heard when I needed to hear, I heard the list of, are you a compulsive overeater? And I nearly started crying. I didn't know that other people ate frozen food. I didn't know other people ate burned food. I didn't know other people needed to have things in their mouth all the time or were obsessed with food. Like I had no idea that this was like some sort of spiritual malady. So I heard those things and I couldn't wait to come back and I went to my next meeting, I asked someone to be my sponsor, I started to have an abstinence and um, and away we went. So um, I've been here since then, my abstinence right now is no purging um, and there's just certain things I don't do with food um, and I know what they are so I leave no purging as my bottom line abstinence because I do believe that if I had not come to this program, I would have gotten the courage to try to binge and purge again. Like I say that I wouldn't do it because it was such a scary thing that happened. But I know that had I not come into this program, I would have the courage to do it again. I know that if I stop coming to this program, I will have the courage to do it again, even though right now I can't even imagine doing it. So I have not... um, I haven't vomited, even if I've gotten sick, thank you, um, since 2008. Um, I do everything I can when I get sick not to. And it's crazy that I have not vomited, even when sick. And I've worked with my therapist and and worked with my sponsor. I know that if I get sick and have to vomit, it's it's okay. It's okay. But it just hasn't happened. And um, I just think that that... (laughs) is crazy. So um, I, um, I've had just a few sponsors now. My sponsor right now is a longtime sponsor um, and we've worked the steps and I have sponsees and um, I do daily readings. I do meditate, which is new. And I hear that a lot from people when they come into program, like meditation comes later and it definitely came later for me. Um, I go to meetings, I do service, I will be here for life because I used food for so long, I have no idea how to deal with people. So I have to run things by you guys. Like, hey, should I send, push send on that email? The answer is always no. Okay? <laughs> but sometimes I quick push it like before I ask. But I know what to do. Like if I need instruction, I know who to call. I know what to do. I have the tools. There's nothing that I haven't heard in these rooms that the 12 steps, the traditions, the people in these rooms can't help us with. Um, So I know what to do when things come up. I never am like, oh my God, there's nothing to do. I know what to do. It's just, do I want to do it? Like sometimes there's food choices that I make and I'm like, oh, I could call someone right now and I know it'll work, but I just wanna try it one more time. So, um, you know, that's the beauty of this program. Like it's my willingness. But this program has saved my life because of this program. I'm I'm able to have the, the promises, the promises that this program tells us about. Um, and I'm, I have friends, I can have relationships. I can go out to eat. I can, you know, um, have a relationship with food. That's not scary. When people ask me to eat dinner at 9 PM and I'm used to eating at 5 PM, I can be like, no, I don't eat at that time. I don't have to do like weird things to try to adjust things. Like I have a program to deal with however I want things to turn out. And I can talk to people about things who have ideas that are better than when I'm stuck in my own mind. Because when I'm in my own mind, I think that I know the answer to everything. I'll think about a problem and I'm like, yeah, this is probably the only op- op- option for this. And I'm completely wrong. So um, so I, I do tell people that even though I don't binge and purge, um, I will be on this program for life. And as people in the rooms know, um, the road does get narrower and like I might try out foods that didn't work for me before and retry them again and I get none of the pleasure I used to get. So um, there's that piece. But also, you know, I'll just share in honesty. I've tried some things I've heard in these rooms that I'm like, I would never do that. Who does that? I've heard of overexercise and I'm like, there's no way I would do that. Like, why would I want to exercise? So I tried that. It doesn't work. It makes me hungrier. I'm tired. And I'm like old now stuff will fall apart. And I've heard all these things in these roads who are like, I ran marathons. So I got a knee replacement and I'm like, okay. So like, I got to hear that experience. I got to try it out for a very short period of time. It didn't work for me. The other thing, chewing and spitting. I was like, who does that? Like, why would you do that? I tried it during the pandemic. I thought it was a good idea. I could taste things and then spit it. And I'm like, oh, this is this is purging. This is purging for me, for me. So I had to put that on my abstinence. But like, my disease will keep finding weird ways, and that's why I keep coming back. I will keep coming back for the rest of my life because this program gives me tools to deal with life. And I want to leave a little bit of time for questions. Um, I will say, I've already said it a bunch of times. This program has saved my life. I will be here for life. I know I've left a lot of things out. Um, but basically, um, if you're new, you know, try a bunch of meetings to see if the program is right for you. Not all the meetings mesh with everybody. And um, you know, uh, this I just I have so much gratitude for the program and the fellows, um, and um, yeah, I don't know what else to say. So I'm going to take questions. Mm-hmm. Michelle? Hi, thanks. Um, Amy, it was great <laughs> to hear you. <laughs> um, so a question I like to ask of a lot of people is, how do you sponsor what literature do you like to use? And sort of what's your method? Yeah, so I sponsor the way I'm sponsored so that if I have any questions, I can ask my sponsor, and my sponsor asks her sponsor. So um I sponsor with um my um my sponsees check in with me daily. We work the 12 steps, we use the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. And um what else is there? Um uh, my sponsees send me their food. And I do the same thing. (laughs) Thanks, Mimi. Um, I was wondering if if there's anything that uh, what you use as a higher power or how you define God, if you could speak to um, what that what or who that is. And like, do you visualize anything or um, is there anything that you use to sort of relate to a or in embody a higher power. Okay, yeah. So the question is, what is my higher power and what does that look like? So for newcomers, I think higher power always scares people. Um, not always, but for some people, depending on your experience with that. So for me, I'm Christian and I thought, oh, I have a good relationship with God. And, um, but um, but this is different. So um, for me, I still, um, I still, that that is my God. So um, my religion, I incorporate that in, in my program. So when I think of God, that's what I think of. Um, and um, the thing that I will say that I, I have gotten peace within this program is anything that comes up, I remember that God doesn't make junk. And I think about, okay, my God and my God has a name um, because of my religion. But I think of my my God and um, and how they love me. And so my higher power is a is a big part of my program. It's a big part of my life. And that's part of. It, it is all of the reason that I know that anything that will come up for me in life, no matter what, my house burns down, I have to move, I lose my job, something bad happens, I'm taken care of. So, um, yeah. Anyone else? Oh, hi. <laughs> Thank you so much. How has your relationship with other people changed since you become abstinent? Yeah. So uh, how has my relationship with other people changed since I become abstinent? So the world doesn't revolve around me. (laughs) Like I thought that the world revolved around me. And that's what like being a victim all the time is or thinking. And I do this sometimes. Like if I hear people whispering at work, like they're talking about me (laughs) and that's my self-centeredness, right? That's my fear. That's because I think the world revolves around me. So I do that, but then I remember that there's another option. So like, I, I've not arrived. So like, I still have to remember these things. But when I do that, when I become self-obsessed, then I bring it back and remember that the world doesn't revolve around me. So, you know, if I'm going out to eat with someone, hey, should we meet in the middle? Where would you like to eat? What time would you like to go? So that's how my relationships have changed. Like there's two people involved instead of just one, and, um, and I think of other people, and I think one of the best things that this program has taught me is doing service for other people or asking about other people or complimenting other people, paying attention to other people gets me out of myself, and it really, really works. Yeah, so my relationships are totally different. Yeah, thanks. Oh, yeah. Um, do you have a... Do you distinguish between uh, meditation and prayer? And if so, did you always pray or have you always started the prayer program? What does that look like? I've always prayed. So the question is, what's what's the difference between meditation and prayer for me? They're separate for me. So I've always prayed um, and that's like my religious spiritual you know, ritual. So I do always pray to my higher power. My meditation is separate. Um, my higher power is not necessarily, I don't even think ever in my meditation. I do like cheap meditation. I do like headspace and like calm and all that stuff. And I'll put it on for like you guys, like one to five minutes. <laughs> so it's not long, but it's about, it's my breathing. Like I fill my body with air and I am just trying to de-stress and just, you know, clear out my mind. So I don't bring my higher power into my meditation. Um, so for me, it's separate. And I think, oh, real quick. Do you have a food plan or plan of eating? And what is that? Yep, I'll wrap it up. Um, Do I have a food plan or a plan of eating? For a bulimic, for me, that doesn't work for me. I cannot restrict my food. So I do not use a food plan or a plan of eating. I do not binge and purge. I know when I'm doing weird things with food, I talk to my sponsor about it, but I don't use program to give myself a diet because that's what I would be doing as a bulimic. All right, thank you, everyone. We do have expenses for this meeting and each group ought to be. Full.